Hello, before this episode of More Locks, I have to come in and say that there was once again a recording error. This time it was completely on me. I got a little impatient with the new process and I ended up kind of forcing something to happen where it ended up cutting off the last 10 to 15 minutes of the episode. So this episode will end very abruptly without any real resolution, sadly. Um, I'm sorry for that. I didn't have time to re-record um, before this came out, so... Yeah. Um, the rest of the episode, though, is a whole lot of fun, and we get a lot of the, like, big ideas on paper before the episode cuts off. So come listen uh, to us talk about unaffiliated condition.team featuring Black Widow, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. So yeah, um, again, sorry for the inconvenience, and hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to Morlocks, a Let's Experiment podcast about finding new homes for the lost and forgotten characters of Marvel Crisis Protocol. I am your host, Lexa White, and with me this week is the third of my team tournament partners, the second which was Abby, who I had much earlier in the show before the team tournament was even a thing. Um, but this week I have the final one from my t- from the team tournament team I was on, Mike Field May. How are you doing? Hey, yeah, good, thank you. Mm-hmm. And for those who don't know you, would you mind introducing yourself? Sure, absolutely. So um, I am sort of a a very amateur Marvel Crisis Protocol player. I I started picking it up when the the set was released, and I've sort of been going along and picking up all the weekly releases. But um, I wasn't sort of that active in the actual community, and it was only just before lockdown happened, really, that I started playing the game properly with other people. But, um, yeah, I've been I've been playing fairly actively uh, on the in the tournaments and the the sort of the one day tournaments as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I probably play about once a week, I think. Yeah. And then the questions I'm ask- the question I am asking all the people who don't have a podcast that end up on the show. Is there a character that has not been released that you want to see released in this game? That is a good question. I think there's quite a few, but I'll pick the one who who probably would never get released. I'm, um, I'm a big fan of Matt Fraction's Immortal Iron Fist, and in it he introduces uh, Orson Randall, who's the Iron Fist sort of circa about... 1914, 1915, and um, and he's just a cool character. He's kind of like a dual pistol toting mm-hmm. uh, Iron Fist. Yeah, yeah, I'd recommend reading that run. But uh, oh no, that's a very think, good run. Yeah, I think he's probably a bit too obscure to go into MCP, but you never know. Yeah, when they get deep enough, maybe they'll make an Iron Fist faction when we get, like, Colleen, and then we'll also get uh, What's-Her-Face, who was the one with the bow and arrows, and from, like, ancient China time. Oh, the um, the Pirate Queen, yeah. Yeah, yeah that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. But now, who did you bring for us to talk about today? So, today, I thought it'd be fun to bring along uh, Black Widow agent of shield so yeah specifically the the three threat black widow mm-hmm. um because i think she used to get a lot of play back when uh the widow bomb stuff was popular before they 
um yeah before the restricted oh, list forgotten the name. before the restricted list yeah of course uh so i thought it'd be quite fun to choose her but to maybe do something slightly different yeah and we'll talk about that in a minute but let's let's really dig into this character and she's a 433 which is a fairly solid stat for a three caster yeah, yeah, that's sort of the above average for, for any three cost, isn't it? You don't yeah. really expect to see a four on there unless you see a two as well. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then her automatic pistol attack is kind of the thing that made her good with Doom Prophecy between alongside her four physical defense because you got automatically a second attack that turn, uh, that action. So it really allowed for a lot of attacks in very little action, so it was a lot of action compression. Yeah, yeah. The fact that you can just get a second attack off without having to do anything is is pretty great. And she'll always gain one power regardless of if she does any damage. So you, you're guaranteeing yourself two, two power from a single attack every time you attack, basically. Yeah. Um, and then she has her tear gas. Um, which has the fun line of text of your opponents don't gain power for damage, which won't complain about, but also gives the poison condition. Yeah, that's that's one attack I've never really used with her, but um, I mean, it's it's cool to have. You never know. You never know when this stuff comes in handy. Yeah, um, and then she has a really really interesting superpower called interrogate. Yeah, yeah. Again, I haven't, I haven't really used that power, but it's, uh, yeah, essentially being able to get VPs out of the flow of the game cycle is is pretty strong. I'm yeah. almost surprised that you don't see her played a bit more because of that. Yeah, I, I think she is an interesting option at higher threats in uh, Black Order because of it. Because then uh, you can okay. get uh, a VP off of the days and a VP off of the kill. Yeah, yeah, that is, yeah, that is strong. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's an underexplored space. I think a lot of Blackwater are not taking her because she isn't as inherently good kill piece as Blackwater generally wants. But they have Corvus Proxima. You aren't really hurting for kill pieces, and at what eighteen, giving her a hammer is not horrific, and suddenly. You also get an extra chance at uh, VP off of combat. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then she has stealth. Always a good thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then my favorite ability of hers is potting shot. It's quite nasty, isn't it? Like, I think there is a lot... um... A lot to go on from just to being able to knock out a single point of damage. It's I haven't really played Bullseye, but it's one of the things I really like about him is you can just guarantee one damage on something. And that can, I mean, you could potentially daze someone who's coming at you with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it certainly means you have to think about what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, but it's also with the combination with stealth, if someone is hitting you at about range two, um, you can... If they don't kill you on the first attack, you can potting shot out and be outside of range three, and that's meaning they would have to move to attack you no matter how far, how long range of an attack they have. 
I yeah, that is I I had thought about that, but that is yeah yeah. Being able to stop them from getting two attacks on you is pretty strong. Yeah, and I think that's the real power of punning shot. But finally, we have the thing that we are planning on keying into from our from our conversations, and that is widow's kiss. Yeah, yeah. So widow's kiss, uh, it is a three power six strength attack but you get to add one dice for each special condition that the target character has so i sort of have been playing a lot of guardians recently and Mm -hmm. it's i always find it interesting like special conditions are kind of like they often take them for granted or i think maybe other or people do take them for granted but you can you can really mess up some characters with special conditions Mm -hmm. and sort of throw in a widow's kiss on top of that yeah i think I think there's there's some fun to be had working out the most effective way to do that. Mm-hmm. And I this brings me to one of my favorite types of lists, and I think this is going to be a a uh, unaffiliated list. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah, yeah. We just go. We grab be... all the best condition uh, uh, givers and put them together and not really worry about trying to fit it in an affiliation and rather go for a high synergy grip. Yeah. No, that sounds... I mean, that sounds like a a good idea. There's... Yeah. I've I've sort of... um, I was having a look at the characters and I think condition givers kind of fall into sort of three uh, categories, like loosely, Mm -hmm. in that there are some attacks that will give a condition regardless of whether damage is done or not. Mm-hmm. And you've kind of got the condition on wilds, which a lot, I think it's the vast majority of characters have really, or characters that give conditions. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the the on damage ones. So as long as damage goes through, then, then the conditions are given. Yeah, but I, I think, think, I think, go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say, yeah, I think that's, that's loosely, that's loosely all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of got a few outliers like uh, Groot can actually pay uh, pay power to give the root condition to another character, which I, I think he's the only character that can like as a superpower just give a condition to someone. But I could be wrong on that one. Uh, there are a couple of reactive superpowers that can give conditions. Yes, that's. I mean, that's definitely something worth <laughs> worth considering as well. <laughs> oh yeah, of course, because you've got like. Um, uh, Ronan as well, yes. with his judgment. Mm-hmm. I but... thought maybe Drax, I was looking and I thought maybe Drax was as well with his um, vengeance, but it's. I think it's a vengeance token, isn't yes. it, as opposed to a condition. Mm-hmm. So I think there are three characters we need to start out in this list. Who are like the three like widest spreads and maximum effectiveness of giving out conditions. And I think the Ooh. first one we need to talk about is Mr. Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah. Hawkeye is just great at this. I mean, mm-hmm. with a wild that can give sort of one of four conditions, he he's just very effective at, at just dishing them out. Mm-hmm. And this brings us to the first interesting tech card we can bring that I kind of want to bring. Cool, yeah. Because we are playing both Black Widow and Hawkeye. Oh, the professionals. Yes. 
I, I'm not even fully sure what that does. <laughs> so, uh, I have it up for me. It's an active card. Uh, Natasha Romanov and Clint Barton may pay two each to play this card. If Clint Barton damages a character with an attack this round, and Natasha Romanov is within two of the damaged character, you may move one asset or civilian token from the damaged character to Natasha Romanov. She is now holding that objective may not allow you to hold more tokens than the crisis card specifies. So pretty strong. Pretty strong. I mean, I guess pre-sort of Enchantress, that wasn't something that could happen in the game, really. Yeah. I I mean, if we have... Yeah, I think it'd be rude not to bring it if we've got, if we've got Black Widow and Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it also allows a level of scenario to play for us in a really interesting way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so who, the, who is your number two? Uh, number two is um, the leader of a faction you've brought up. Okay. Mr. Star-Lord. Yeah, yeah. I He's another great one. In that, I mean, yeah, his full auto sort of elemental blast of any number of wilds, any number of status conditions. I suppose that's, I think Hawkeye can only really, although he has access to lots of conditions, is it only one one condition per attack? Yes. Or is Star-Lord sort of um, completely ignores that? Provided you've got the wilds, he can, yeah. he can give a lot of stuff out. Mm-hmm. I think he has a good place in this list. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy with that. I I like Star Lord, so uh, I'm very mm-hmm. happy to bring him along. Yeah. Then finally, we have a new character. Okay. Uh, who is I think going to become the Queen of Conditions? I uh, yeah, I think I know exactly who you mean. <laughs> who do you think I mean? Oh well, actually. Uh, so I was going to say Crystal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like Crystal for her conditions. Mm-hmm. Not only... So she gives us a bunch of really major things. One, she gives us a long mover. Which I don't think we're going to complain about at all. Uh, that's... Uh, yeah. That is... <laughs> that's great on its own. Yeah. Two, we have... The ability to keep tokens on uh, conditions on people. Then, of course, that's her innate ability, isn't it? Yeah. And then three, incinerate, which is kind of a rare condition. Yeah, and I think that's that's sort of I I mean, well, arguably, <laughs> stack is the best condition in the game. But if you, I, if we're playing a list where we wanted to keep throwing conditions onto people, I guess the more damage we can put through, the more conditions we can get on. So incinerate is certainly going to help with that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this is this is a varied list for what affiliations they end up in. So, which is why I wanted to kind of go for that unaffiliate option because I don't think yeah. we could, if we want this base twelve to be our team. And I, th- I think we may have some 
We may not be playing all three of these characters every game, especially at lower point values, because of a thing I'm going to suggest in a minute. But if we want this as like our base 12, I think there isn't enough crossover for us to, to kind of fit in an easy leader to make an affiliation. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think um, I did have I did have a couple of other thoughts, or maybe a few more characters who potentially are quite good at at the condition game. Okay, hit um, me with it. So I quite like Venom. Venom is he can only do bleed, which isn't isn't ideal, but he's yeah. one of only I think two two characters that I found, but I might not have been reading well enough, who who has the um, auto effect on a builder attack. Like, regardless of whether he does damage or not, like, if you whiff the attack, your opponent's still bleeding afterwards, which I, <laughs> I think is pretty strong. Yeah. But the other character who has it is She-Hulk. And I mm. think that's pretty strong with her... I think it is a slow on her builder, and then on her spender attack, she can give out either a slow and a stun, or if the enemy slowed, a stagger and a stun? Yes. So, it's, it's, I hadn't really looked at a lot of the high point models, because I, I was looking at it like, a lot of these attacks, you don't get consistency out of, so let's have a lot of attacks looking to deal conditions rather than kind of putting eggs in one basket, if that makes sense. But She-Hulk is definitely an option. And Yeah, and I think I agree with that, because the more attacks that you're throwing out... I mean, you got a few high-point figures, you get less attacks out generally, but if we're mm -hmm. putting out more and more with the lower-cost figures, we're... Yeah, we, we should be getting more conditions out there. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, there's one high-cost figure, well, not quite She-Hulk high-cost figure, but a high-cost figure I was looking at, which was Ghost Rider. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he is, um, yeah, I I think he's pretty great for it, isn't he? His, yeah. Um, that beam attack with the incinerate on, mm -hmm. I think that's an on damage. Yep. And then he has a wild hex on his uh, builder. Oh, I missed that completely. But that is, uh, I mean, that's that's two out of three attacks that mm -hmm. give out status conditions. And Penn and Steel is just dumb good. Yeah, yeah, you don't really <laughs> want to be going up against that. Mm -hmm. I think like um, that's enough of a, yeah, yeah. That that in itself is is pretty frightening. Mm -hmm. I think as well. And I don't know if, if we did bring Ghost Rider, I think his highway to hell where he gets to make a movement, drag the enemy, and then inflict an incinerate on uh without without making an attack is I is potentially an option for that in it too, I think. Mm -hmm. And I'm just looking at it going like we can do a team of Black Widow, Hawkeye, Star Lord, Ghost Rider at fourteen. I uh, yeah, I like the sound of that team actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's four, so it's not too bad. And like, and we got professionals to be able to steal the senator. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, we are just putting out. 
Yeah, and we've just got so many conditions in there. I mean, like, lower lower threat cost as well. I mean, just using Widow to get an extra, maybe even a couple of extra VPs over the game with her powers as well, like. Yeah. Oh, I like, I like the sound of that. Mm -hmm. And then the other character that has a, a wide range of, of conditions. There's, there's a couple more that I, I've kind of thought about. Um, some of which are just kind of on people's spenders, um, like Proxima Midnight. Uh, okay. She, yeah, what, what, what conditions does her spenders give out? So, on, I... so she has a wild poison on her, on her spear throw. And then her... And that's just a regular... Uh, it's not a builder, but it's just a zero-point attack, right, isn't yes. it? Yes. Mm -hmm. That's her reposition attack. But then on her quantum starburst, she gives out bleed, poison, and stun if you deal damage. Okay. Well, I I wasn't looking hard enough, I think, at some of these attacks. Because that is... I mean, three conditions in one attack is is almost unheard of, isn't it? I don't think anyone else can do that. Yeah, and that's a lot of compression. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, well, I mean, I think we've got to bring Proxima, too. Mm -hmm. And then I also want to bring up someone with a unique condition who also gives out a lot of other conditions. Have you read Ronin the Accuser's card? I I love Ronin. Ronin's one of my... Um, I think when I play Guardians, he's always there. Mm -hmm. Like... He, yeah, he just does the work. And like you said, he's got a few different ways of getting conditions out. Four different conditions across his card. Yeah, that is, that is a widespread. One he... of them as well, reactive. So you yeah. don't even need to necessarily get an attack off. And it's a condition that has no overlap. Yeah, ju judgment is purely on him, isn't it? There's no, yeah. there's no other character that has that currently. Uh huh. And then he also has shock, stun, and stagger between his Kree justice and his universal weapon. And he also gives us a level of control between his throw and push. Yeah, yeah, and you can almost—I mean, what I love about Ronan is even if you're playing him a bit sloppily, you can almost guarantee you'll get a Kree justice off. Because if someone um if someone knocks him out, you can just use his accuser power and then and normally if he's knocked out he's got enough power to pull that off. Yeah. Now that brings up an interesting question for us, because we have two characters that can use it. Do we want to bring the power gem? And that is a good question. I always find that um I always find that Star Lord's a bit more power hungry and i'd like like if i if i don't bring the power gem for him i don't often get to use the full full auto attack mm -hmm. so but then on ronin as well like i mean power gem one strike and you're basically guaranteed a Cree justice or at least you can almost always give judgment out if someone attacks you before you've activated mm -hmm. so i think I mean, yeah, yeah. Why not? I think that's I think that's pretty powerful there. Fantastic. 
So we have two more character slots. And I have an interesting suggestion that comes with also a suggestion of a tactics card. Uh, Ooh, do you, yeah. uh, so have you read Elemental Infusion? Elemental Infusion. So I believe that, is that Crystal's tactics cards? Yes, it is. I, yeah, they haven't released the um, the Inhumans in the UK yet, or at least I haven't managed to get my hands on them. So so you might have to, uh, yeah, you might have to explain to me what that one does, if that's all right. Nope, that's perfectly fine. It's good to also explain to the viewers. <laughs> um, so Crystal may spend two to play this card. It's an active card. Uh, until this character is dazed or until the end of the round, when an enemy character that was, that is within three of Crystal suffers damage from an Allied effect. After the effect is resolved, that character gains one of the following conditions. Incinerate, stun, or slow. Allied effect. So that's attacks, throws. I mean, a whole host of things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and do you know who can do damage no matter what? Ah, I... Ooh, well... I th I, I'm going to guess Bullseye, is that right? Yeah. Okay, I like that. He comes inherently with a bleed and uh, on a wild on his throwing knife, but also with any amount of power, uh, you can confirm two... If you have two power on him, you can confirm two uh, conditions on a character, no matter what you roll. From range four away with elemental infusion. That um Yeah, that seems uh that seems too fun not to try, I think. <laughs> mm hmm I think yeah. I no, no, I'm excited. I like I like the sound of that. Mm-hmm. And it gets us another fun character in there. Yeah, for sure. We're gonna have yeah, we've got a lot of low pointers, so we can we can go much wide have control of the board. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's um we have a lot of threat variability by having a four, a gem, and a five. Um, yeah. And then we just spam out the threes because I don't think any of the twos really give out conditions super hard, and that's what we're looking to do. So I don't think we're yeah. actually going to get a two into this list. I think like yeah, Toad's sort of okay with it with his spit acid attack, but I'm I'm happy to leave him on the sidelines. You've mm -hmm. brought in some much better options, I think. Yeah, much more interesting pieces. Um, yeah. there there are a couple other options we can go for for a final slot. Um, there's another f we've we've talked about group and giving out his root condition. That unique condition may be something we want to go for, may not. Um, especially since he doesn't really bring much else to the table. No, I mean, he's fairly tanky, but he doesn't... None of his attacks have... Oh, well, actually, I think his spender does, but... But when do we do the spender? Yeah, I'd much rather just get a load of builders off mm -hmm. that that could pretty consistently add conditions to a, mm -hmm. to a figure. Yeah, there's the interesting idea of maybe bringing Mystique, considering she, she's one of those characters that has a confirmed condition no matter what. Yeah, yeah, true. 
Mystique is um yeah, is pretty nasty for that as well. Mm-hmm. And then we have my boy. I Wing- think yeah. Oh no, yeah. <laughs> he's he's who I was gonna guess actually. Green Goblin. <laughs> Green Goblin, yeah. He's got similar to Star Lord thing, only it's on his builder. So <laughs> Uh no, so he he is similar to Hawkeye, where he only gets one condition oh, no matter no matter how many he rolls. But on his spender, if he deals damage, he gets poison and incinerate. Ah, yes. Yes. Okay. Oh. Yeah. I mean, he's got best of both worlds, really. I'd be I'd be happy to bring him along. Fantastic. So so we have ten characters here. Now Ten characters, yeah. Yeah, so we have Agent Widow, who's kind of our main star of the show. Uh, Hawkeye, Star-Lord, Crystal, Ghost Rider, Proxima Midnight, Ronan the Accuser, Bullseye, Green Goblin, and the Power Gem. Let's let's quickly do some uh, uh, team math to make sure we're hitting all of our point values the way we want before before we go on, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so at 14, we had the team I mentioned earlier of uh, Black Widow, Hawkeye, Star-Lord, and Ghost Rider. Yeah. Um, we can also technically go Power Gem Ronin there. Yeah. Uh, or do Power Gem Star Lord and Green Goblin. Gem Star Lord, Green Goblin. Yeah. Yeah, that that also sounds pretty nasty. Mm-hmm. At 15, we get the option of Black Widow, Hawkeye, Star Lord, Crystal, and either Proxima, Midnight, or Bullseye. Yeah, yeah, those sound like those sound like pretty good options. Mm-hmm. At sixteen, we can turn that Proxima Midnight of Bullseye into a Green Goblin, or a Ronin without a gem, or just add the gem to Star Lord. We have some variability there. Yeah, yeah, that 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 sounds like a pretty good list. Uh huh. At seventeen, we end up either we get we can get in like Power Gem Ronin. Ronan with Power Gem Star Lord, Green Goblin with Power Gem Star Lord, um, Ghost Rider in there. We have options there depending on what the secure is or the extract is because 17 is kind of the widest place. And then 18, we can go up to Black Widow, Hawkeye, Star Lord, Crystal, and Bullseye. And Proxima Midnight. We can go six wide at, uh, at 18. Six wide and a lot, a lot of different conditions. Mm-hmm. And a lot of small, pesky attacks. Um, yeah. And then we go up to yeah, nice sort of... Yeah. I was going to say, when you're going that wide, there's not much more that your, your opponent could do. I mean, there's not. They couldn't go much wider than that with any other affiliated teams. I don't think. So you're probably uh, you can you probably go are just seven wide with Guardians of the Galaxy. I think by that point. Oh yeah, of course, because we got Rocket and Nebula together. Yeah, because you can go eight wide at uh twenty. Yeah. Because you can do Star Lord, Rocket, Nebula. That's seven points. You add in two more threes. Let's say Groot and Grax. 
for 13. And then you add in uh, out of affiliation 3 and 2 out of affiliation 2s. And suddenly you're at 8 wide at uh, uh, at 20. And Guardians of the Galaxy. Which is which is not a way I've ever played the Guardians before. But I bet it's quite... It's quite a lot of fun. I imagine, I imagine those turns take a while. Yeah, and I think you'd be tired at the end of the game having to keep track of so many different abilities. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're not quite going that wide, but we're still we're going a bit wider. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, six on any other team is pretty wide, isn't it? Yeah, and we're doing it at the eighteen mark. Um, yeah. then 19, we go up into the four, one of our fours, and then at 20, we go up into one of our fives. And, like, we have some options there where we can do, uh, like, because we have our 12-point core, so we can do, so that, we also have, like, options of, uh, like, Going at 20, like, Black Widow, Hawkeye, Crystal, Ronin, Green Goblin, or something like that. And just using our two fours. Yeah, no, I think that would work. That would be pretty strong. Yeah. So, we definitely have a lot of flexibility in this. And I think we're hitting all of our point values in ways that we like. There's almost like for what we're trying to do as well. There's not, there's not any combination that doesn't doesn't achieve our goals, really. Is yeah. There? Mm-hmm. I think we generally want Hawkeye and Black Widow both in there, and I think the rest of it is very malleable. So, like, if we need to go super super lean at sixteen, like if if we're facing, I don't know, something where. If we want to be like under activation for some reason, if if we're facing a f- a five wide criminal syndicate list where we kind of want priority, we can go Black Widow, Hawkeye, uh, run in with Power Gem and Ghost Rider as a sixteen team. Yeah, and again, that that's quite a nasty team in itself. Yeah. So, Ooh, no, I think, yeah, I think we're pretty covered, aren't we? Yeah. So now we have tactics and crises left to do. The big ta- the big question is, do we want to run Fisk and Terrigen Misk as just two crises that put out conditions? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm happy to take your lead on this, because I sort of, um, at anything that was giving out, so, I mean, Demon down- Demon's Downtown as well, like, yep. there's, there's a few crises that are just... If you're within one, you gain a condition. Yeah. And I think all of them are super interesting. So if we want to go that route, I'm absolutely willing to just jump in the condition train. I think, you know, in, in for a penny, in for a pound. Let's yeah. uh, let's do it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we have Demons Downtown, Terrigen Clouds, and Mayor Fisk as our secures. Now our extracts are a lot more interesting. Um, there's one we definitely want to avoid, which is Wakanda Nub. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like... Well, because that gives immunity to two conditions. 
Oh, I hadn't even thought about it like that. <laughs> but that is, um, yeah. Yeah, the less immunity, the better, really. Mm-hmm. I think we are okay with hammers. Yeah, I think, you know, an extra dice is an extra chance of getting a wild or putting the damage through to put a condition on. So that is, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm perfectly happy with that. Mm-hmm. But now, now the other two I'm not as sure about. Is there anything that jumps out to you? Uh, well, I, yeah, I sort of don't know if maybe we want to try and have something that can give us a few extra power here and there. Because mm-hmm. for the most part, it's on um, on the wild builders that we're getting the conditions off. But the spenders are pretty, fairly costly and, you know, it never, it never hurts to have some extra power lying around. Mm-hmm. So actually what... struggle for the cubes. Yeah. So, so cubes would really be that option in extracts because the other like power generating options are all on secures. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm down to go for cubes if you're down. I think so. I think so. Fantastic. And then and then. Fun. Yeah, I was gonna say if we're gonna bring the professionals, do we do we bring something that uh something that where there's like only one of well how much do we like our 14 that uh uh hawkeye black widow uh star lord ghost rider team oh for um for senators yeah i mean yeah what's the there's there's a negative to holding a senator as well isn't there Yes, it lowers, you roll one less attack and, do, uh, sorry, dodge and defense dice, and your movement speed is slow. I mean, we're, yeah, it'd be easy, <laughs> easier for us to chase down and inflict status conditions to, to the opposing team, and I guess then you also get the benefit of you could potentially professional the senator out of the way. Mm-hmm. And specifically, if uh, if Agent Widow survives an attack, you can use um, you can still use Potting Shot. Oh, and still get that movement, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm happy for Senators. Yeah, fantastic. So now we come into tactics cards, and I think this is going to be probably the most difficult part for us. We have two that we like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think... Yeah, we, we can't not bring crystals, really. Yeah. So currently I have in there professionals and elemental infusion. We still have both uh, restricted slots. But otherwise, we, we haven't put anything in. Yeah. So what... What were you? What were you thinking? I there was one card that I was really excited about until I read it properly and I realized it didn't quite do what I thought, um, which was uh, marked for death. Mm. So I know it affects the opponent's movement, but I thought it also inflicted the slow condition, and that was um, or, or that was how it affected the opponent's movement. But unfortunately, it wasn't. It wasn't quite what I hoped for. <laughs> it's sadly not that, but it does. Uh... It does really hose Web Warriors if you think you're going into a Web Warriors matchup. Definitely have Mark for Death on your hand. 
yeah yeah i think that slow movement just well it I also mean, gets like, rid, get rid of, of stealth as well i would <laughs> i've been deceptioned by mystique so many times i would bring that card just to just to try and get revenge on her in a round i think fair um, let's let's see if there are any character specific cards left because we do have uh, the two Ghost Rider cards we could talk about. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Which are Deal with the Devil and Highway to Hell, and you were you were kind of leaning towards Highway to Hell. Yeah, sort of like I I don't think, um, and I could be wrong about this, but I don't think there are any tactics cards that can inflict a status condition onto a character other than highway to hell well think... deal with the devil also inflicts incinerate oh yeah i <laughs> i am um, i sk- I, I must have skidded right over that and that is uh i mean if we're bringing ghost rider anyway then i feel like it'd be rude not to mm-hmm. yeah because it, it deals incinerate uh, enemy characters within two of the newly placed Ghost Rider gets incinerate. So that is, yeah, I suppose he's yeah he he is he might actually be the king of conditions, or mm-hmm. at least he's he's certainly going to be useful on this team. Yeah, for sure. So I guess we're going with deal with the devil. Um, what are you thinking for restricted slots? Um. There's the temptation to go for, to have just Doom Prophecy on hand since we are bringing Agent Widow and Bullseye is also a pretty solid target, but we don't have to go that direction with our restricted slots. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's one of those things where I guess it's not necessarily what this list is about, but then with those two as options, it, it, it would almost be a shame if we didn't. But I'm I'm quite happy to take your lead on this. I cool. Um, let let's table that discussion for a little bit later. There is a fun tech card that I want to bring up. Um, that has slowly become more and more something I've been putting into lists. Uh, psychic shielding device PSD. Okay, yeah, you'll de- you'll definitely have to remind me about this card. Did this come out in Modox pack, maybe, or one of the fairly early ones? Yeah, it's Vi- it's Vision, maybe? it's very early in the list. I don't remember. Um, but it's any character may spend one to five power, and then this round, while within X of the character that spent power, ally characters targeted by Mystic attacks will one def- extra defense dice and. Allied candidates cannot be advanced or pushed by the effects of enemy mystic attacks or enemy superpowers. Yes, I remember this card now because I think it came out when there were only maybe two mystic attacks in the game. But uh, now, uh, most importantly, some of the heavy hitters right now are Modok and yeah. Angela, uh, not Angela, Enchantress, who. Y- Yes, Enchantress has a mystic attack, but her power is more in her superpower advance. And Modok has the superpower advance, and the Mind Gem has the superpower advance. All of which are things in the meta right now. And this gives shielding from that. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely definitely not against it. 
Mm -hmm. I think, um, yeah, it's, uh, and I don't know if whether it's a balance thing or not, but I think there were, or there does seem to be a lack of tactics cards that can just, just hand conditions out. So, so there's nothing, there's no sort of must haves, I think for this mm -hmm. list really. So I'm happy to go a bit wider, um, and maybe slightly more obscure in what we're bringing. And interesting option to talk about because we do have a lot of uh, very powerful um, attacks uh, condition powers on builders do we want to play no matter uh, the cost I think I think probably there's no one there's no one in the list who's whose health is too worrying I think mm -hmm. or at least if you bring no matter the cost tends to be the four threats that have the better spender attacks anyway. So, and, they, and they've got slightly higher health. I, I like that card. I, I bring it into almost every list that I use because, um, yeah, I, I quite like just getting the spenders off, even if it's not necessarily the, the smartest thing to do. Yeah, but it gives us like a two, a two power penance stare, which I'm not going to complain about. It gives you a turn one Knight of the Goblin. It gives you a turn one pin cushion gives you a turn one quantum starburst. <laughs> yeah, okay, a I like and, that. If and you... a turn one Creed Justice, but that's a little bit harder to do since all the rest of those are three to four range, and Creed Justice is two. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. But still, if you could quantum starburst someone on the first turn, uh, ready for Widow, ready for Widow's Kiss, I mean, even three... Uh, even two conditions puts it up to an eight, eight dice. Like three goes up to nine. I think. Yeah. I, I yeah. I think. I think we bring it. Mm -hmm. Um. And I say we are definitely. I think bringing med pack. Yeah, I think med pack sensible. Mm -hmm. Such a wide team. Probably a decent amount of power as well. I would have thought. Yeah. Spread amongst them, so... Especially since we have yeah, two characters with action compression flat builders between Crystal being able to beam with a bunch of flat builder and automatic pistol on Widow. Oh, of course. Crystal's beam is uh, one power... Or, or you, you gain one power after this attack resolves, doesn't it? Yes. So yeah. you can... If you beam two, that's a two power on a single attack every time, basically. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think Crystal's <laughs> Crystal's going to be nice in this list. Mm -hmm. It's She's not a character I've had a proper look at yet, but yeah. There is another tactics card that gives out conditions that we haven't talked about yet. And, ah, okay. And, wonder... and from what I remember, it's a core box tactics card. I must have completely missed this one then. Did you read Trip Up? Um, <laughs> I obviously not well enough. I think if uh, <laughs> you'll have to you'll have to explain to me what it actually does and not not what I thought it did when I glanced over it. Uh -huh. So when an ally character targets an enemy with an attack during its activation, and uh, and the target character is within two of another allied character, the allied character may spend uh, the allied characters may spend one each to play this card. So you have two characters within two of each other. 
who both spend one when one of them is making an attack. If the target character is dealt damage, so if, if the character you're attacking is dealt damage by the attack, after the attack resolves, it suffers stun and stagger. I... that is... Where, where has this card been all my life? <laughs> I'm surprised that's not... I haven't seen that more. That is... that seems incredibly good. Mm-hmm. I th- yeah, I mean, I, I can't believe I missed that. <laughs> in, uh, in making... or having a look at all the cards that give out conditions to miss that card is almost... Um, almost unforgivable, isn't it? I think yeah. that's that's an auto-include for us. It's got to be. Mm-hmm. Which leaves us three options for a final card. Because I don't think we're playing patch-up. Yeah. Yeah. Which leaves us Field Dressing, Doomed Prophecy, and Brace for Impact. Field Dressing, Doomed Prophecy, Brace for Impact. So, I mean... When you run in, like, these three threat characters, they are a little bit more... A throw, or having something thrown into them is... Uh, a little bit more worrying than when you've got the higher threats. So I'm not... I wouldn't mind Brace. Mm-hmm. Field dressing, though, on the flip side is kind of the same thing. If you've got six characters and one of them goes down, it's likely that you'll have someone close enough to try and bring someone back. Yeah. And you can use... If if you're at the tail end of your... act, if, if they've used up all their activation somewhere and it's late in the mound... You can do the trick of, of uh, field dressing and then immediately activating with the character you field dressed. Yeah. Yeah, who's likely to have a bit of power to then <laughs> inflict a few more status conditions out there. Mm-hmm. And then there is, like you said, there's also Doomed Prophecy. So, so is Doomed Prophecy, does that only add dice... To- uh, it adds the physical defense to... Is it just physical attacks, or is it all attacks by the character? Just physical attacks. Okay, so it would be great. I mean, it has been great for, for Black Widow's automatic pistol attack, but not necess- doesn't necessarily help out with Widow's Kiss that much. No. Um... Yeah, I, I again. I'm happy. I'm happy. Oh, actually, I've just noticed that Green Goblin has uh, also has four physical defense, and he has some nasty stuff. I mean, there's a few well, targets that it could be pretty. So it's on. it's Green Goblin is an interesting case because that forces him into physical. Because the big thing about Green Goblin's attacks is he can always choose whether it's physical or energy. Oh, okay. Oh, is that on both his attacks? Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. That's um, yeah. That's pretty great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you probably wouldn't want to. Yeah, I can see why you wouldn't want to do that with him, really. Mm-hmm. But it does allow you to make him a big giant target to get attacked and dazed, and you want to flip your green goblin because the flip green goblin is terrifying. Yeah, yeah. He does. He does sort of kick it up a level. I suppose then it's a bit worrying if he's um, if he has no physical defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so he doesn't roll for physical defense. He's only got five health. So it's it's the way I look at Green Goblin is is 
when he's flipped, he is a scary, scary monster that they have to deal with immediately or he's going to kill someone. It's rare that he lasts more than a round. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose which... I mean, there is there is a tactics card that I always like to bring along, but I don't quite know how well it works in this list, which is um, all you've got. Yeah. Um, that that is a very good card. Um, that definitely works really well with what we're trying to do, um, because it gives, especially since we're going wide, or wider. I think we're actually going match activations on most step levels, except for maybe eighteen and fifteen. I think we may be an activation ahead of some teams. Um, but we're going to be a lot more even spread than a lot of teams. If that makes sense. Yeah, a lot of teams will sort of have like a two and a five or a two and a six at most of their yeah. threat levels, won't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so all you've got is, is very, very good um, because it just gives you another activation to get another. And, and we're not as worried about dazing at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's a good a good point. If it's if it's someone I don't know, someone like Goblin or maybe Starlord or even Hawkeye to just get a few more conditions onto someone before you before Black Widow activates, that's um yeah, that could be really good. Yeah, I think it's especially good on Hawkeye who doesn't generally have things to spend his power on. Yeah, he's pretty. He's got a couple of a couple of powers, doesn't he? But it's not like he doesn't even have a spender attack, does he? Nope. It's just the um, just the solid the solid arrow attack. Mm-hmm. And like Star Lord only has a spender to spend power on. Um, Crystal, I think, will use the power she gains. 